What up, what up, what up? Thank you for joining us for another edition of your favorite podcast, the Charles Coleman Podcast. I am your host, Charles Coleman, of course, and you are in the new home of Black Brilliance. Before we get started on today's show, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button down there if you're watching us on YouTube. Follow us, download us from whatever your favorite podcast platform is, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, title all of the above you can find us you can you can see us you can hear us you can know what we're doing and know where we are the charles coleman podcast um super excited about today's show lots to talk about a lot of things to go on and uh really really looking forward to our main discussion which i will give you a hint a preview is called do you believe in the negro that is today's discussion is called do you believe in the negro but before we get to that as you know i got my dream team my 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 special special group of contributors who i have on the show very often and today i have one of my favorite members on the team one of my one of my real real shooters my man y'all know him y'all love him Cashmere Kurt, what's good with you, brother? How you what's feeling? What's going on? What's going on? You all right? I'm the well, I guess so. Ready for you today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We didn't do the applause. We did the dog Vader on you today. That's right. Appreciate that. Um, good to have you on the show, man. Always good to see you. Always good to have you in here. You know, it's funny. I, I had a question. I actually thought about you the other day. I was getting dressed. I was getting ready to head out. You ever have, like, a personal like challenge that's some man shit that you just <laughs> like get caught up in. So I'm going somewhere with this. So I, mm-hmm. I had to change my car battery died. Oh wow. Like I move around a lot, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and, and in terms of traveling, you know, I, I have an older car and if I leave it for too long, the battery, battery will die. die mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't gotten a battery change from the pan since the pandemic started. So it was like, it was time, you know, mm-hmm. I couldn't keep jumping in. It was just time. So I got a new battery, but I was like, I'm gonna put it in myself. Not a big deal, right? Like, right. yo, putting in a battery in a car <laughs> is not that big of a challenge. It's not. But the way my car is set up, oh. it's a truck. It's, it's got it's, it's got some other some hidden spots. Yeah, some <laughs> hidden spots going on. I didn't have the right tools. I needed like a, a flex, and so I ended up spending like you know changing. A, a, a tire switching our car battery that's that's a 15 20 minute job 25 minutes tops, tops right mm-hmm. it's 40 minutes into this joint <laughs> i'm sweating I, I i'm and i'm talking to myself i'm hyping myself up like look man you got two degrees from power university you could change a goddamn car battery <laughs> and I'm, I'm late for where i gotta like have you, but i was like i was determined that this battery was not gonna punk me have you mm. ever had some man shit like that happened. Definitely. You just, like, you were like, nah. Like, it was an easier solution. Mm-hmm. Like, I probably could have just figured out an easier solution, mm-hmm. had somebody done it, paid somebody to do it. But I was like, personally, as a man, challenged by right. it. Like, like, my I'm, manhood. Yeah, I'm not giving up. <laughs> nah, I would not give up. I'm not giving and up. And the shit damn near made me late. But, you know, I'm glad I'm not the only one because, um, you know, I, I felt like I, I really had... And then when I did it, though, I felt accomplished. I felt like I had done some shit. Proud of you. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, man. You changed the battery. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's go right into our shortcuts, brother. Um, something I saw on Instagram that I thought was interesting. Fat Joe. Okay. Who has had, like, the illest... He's had the illest come up, if you think about, like, 
pandemic pivots. Yes. Pandemic ascendance. Mm -hmm. Like there are a lot of people who came out of the pandemic or we're still in the pandemic. So I don't want to say that. But there are a lot of people who, you know, found a way through the midst of the pandemic to either pivot or, you know, create a space for themselves that was different from the space they were in before they went into the pandemic. I think the best example of that is probably like the easiest one is probably D-Nice. Okay. Right? Like D-Nice like mm -hmm. went into the pandemic and in our space, like our community, meaning people who were familiar with and listened to hip hop, D-Nice was, shout out D-Nice anyway, shout, like big, big shout out. He was very well known and extremely popular like in our space. Mm -hmm. But like the mass appeal that he now enjoys, like the dude had Michelle Obama on Club Quarantine at one point. Like he he just did Carnegie Hall. Like I said, like right. you know that was not something that he did before the pandemic hit. He found a way to find a lane like within the pandemic, and I think the same is true for Fat Joe. Like Fat Joe, what he did in terms of getting on with verses mm -hmm. was like a big deal. It it gave him a level of relevance that he hadn't enjoyed in a long time. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I understand. Joe's always been a monster. Mm -hmm. And he's been making moves in the industry, but his voice now carries a little bit more weight because of the verses and the association there and the yesterday's price mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. not today's price. And, you know, we all know that. I got to get a drop for that. I got to get the... Mm -hmm. I got to put that on the drop on the soundboard. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Fat Joe was talking about the idea that ego killed New York City hip hop. He felt like when New York had its sort of last real hand on the throat of hip hop, mm -hmm. like if you think about the very late 90s, early 2000s, before we get to the cash money regime taking over, when you're talking about Dipset, you're talking about G-Unit, you're talking about you know, Jay kind of sort of like really hitting his stride. You're talking about Nas being in his peak. He felt like there was a golden opportunity for New York to keep its stranglehold on hip hop that it really sort of feels entitled to. Like we're New York guys, we understand right. that. But that ego killed it. Um, and I thought that that was really interesting because he made a lot of comparisons to people in other places, particularly the South, mm -hmm. Atlanta, Louisiana, mm -hmm. Cash Money, Lil Jon, Outkast, Organized Noise, um, and even in Houston with what UGK and Scarface and, and, and what they did with rap, with, with rap a lot. Um, and I thought that, I, you know, I wondered, like, isn't that part of what hip-hop does, though? Like, isn't ego a part of hip-hop? So I, I felt like it was kind of a conundrum. I see, I see where that you can have that thought. Um, his perspective, I think, is more so from a hindsight kind of a perspective, mm -hmm. because we needed to kind of lose that stronghold for us to even be exposed to the other territories that's kind of dominated hip-hop over the past couple we of decades. We touched it since. Like, right. real talk. Like, I mean, you know, you've had Pop Smoke. You've had, like, you've had people here and there. Right. Right? But... There hasn't been someone, there have been people who've been big in New York mm -hmm. or big in this region, but we have not seen that level of dominance in hip-hop since. Well, it, it, we shouldn't see it anymore. It's gone. Like, you think it's just over? It's, it's over, baby. <laughs> you know how, there's not, 
Charles, we have this conversation all the time. There's never no coming back. The price is not going There's down. No. Why do you? But why do you think that it can't come back in terms of come back for what? New music, new artists. New that's what artists. we're getting. Every new region that's 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 popping up or emerging on the scene is new stuff, new culture, new new nuances, new takes on it. That's that's what hip hop is. Right, but you don't think that there's space for an evolution of that in New York? You think that like what we've seen? Well, the expectation from a from a New York hip hop artist is totally different from anywhere else in the world. What if, do you mean? So it's kind of like you're 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 forced to wear a particular uniform when you're from New York, sure. right? Okay, but I get you that. can but you can play the sport very well. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But right. if you're from here, nah. <laughs> you got to come a certain kind of way, gotcha. and if you, and if you don't, we don't we don't necessarily accept it. And then now, as an artist, you you feel like you can't really create because they're not gonna like me at home. It's like playing for the Knicks. You're great everywhere else you go. When you come yeah, here, why yeah, what happened? Bomb. Right? What happened? What happened? Same sport. What happened? Mm. It's New York, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Is that good for hip hop? Um, ultimate like big big picture, right? It's like so to use your analogy, mm-hmm. they always say like. It's not good for the NBA when the Knicks suck because it's one of their biggest markets. Right. Right. Like, is it, do you think that a similar, I mean, not for, mm-hmm. obviously not for similar reasons, but do you think that a, an argument can be made that when New York hip hop is in the trash or mm-hmm. it's not really doing what it should be doing from a streaming standpoint, from a number standpoint, that that like matters? It matters to New York. Only. Only. Because now we think everything else is garbage. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Word. So it, we become a, a more cynical kind of a critique when our stuff isn't up to par. Interesting. Very, very interesting. I mean, I think, you know, what I've learned is going other places like, you know, I went to school in, in D.C. and then my family from Memphis and, I, mm-hmm. you know, I travel a lot. I've learned over the years that, like, the people who, like, people outside of New York really don't care about New York hip hop like that. Right. Like they really don't. Like there are artists that we love and revere mm-hmm. that people are like, oh, yeah, I know like one or two songs from them. You know what I'm saying? And and so just to hear you say that confirms what I kind of sort of already knew to be true, mm-hmm. which is a real interesting thing. But we're going to move on with respect to our shortcuts. Next shortcut. Um, you know, I was thinking the other day about the way that we treat our artists, and this is not necessarily, like this is still a music oriented conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought about how we treat some of our artists in terms of sort of pushing them into retirement, Mm. right? Like every time you get a real seasoned artist that drops some work, like a Drake or Beyonce, particularly like a Beyonce. I mean, there are other examples of it. Mm -hmm. The question always comes up, like, are they washed? Uh, is is such and such washed? Is such and such trying to retire? And I, you know, I may have my thoughts again. I don't, I don't really want no beehive smoke. So right. I'm, I'm, cool. I'm easy. Take it I'm easy. Real easy. Right. I want no beehive. If you're listening, please understand. I want no problems with y'all. I really <laughs> want zero problems with y'all. I'm just asking the question mm-hmm. whether we try to put our artists in retirement homes prematurely because if you look across cultures right Mm -hmm. uh mick jagger rolling stones Mm -hmm. bruce springsteen they still be touring right they be outside right bruce springsteen be selling out the meadowlands 
Right? Bon Jovi. This is at the metal ends. The metal ends. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Allison Chains. Like, we could just go down the list. Right. And these are artists who haven't been at their peak in well over 20 years. Right. Not talking about 10, mm. 20 years. Mm-hmm. But they're still showing, you know, selling out shows. And nobody is like, yo, y'all, y'all watch, give it up. Right. But with us, like Usher, Usher, you know, Usher does, um, you know, his 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 residency in Vegas. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, he that he must be washed. Like that must mean he's washed. Like, why do we do that to our artists? I think because we give our artists um, social characteristics that they don't necessarily deserve. So other cultures allow their artists just to be that an artist. Word. We take the popularity of our artists and now put them on a pedestal to represent more than just the artistry, mm. you know? So, yeah, I mean, it, it, I was having a conversation uh, about this not too long ago and you know, the usual discussion of how our communities, icons and mm-hmm. leaders are chosen. Right. Right. And so like, we're, like you would never have white America looking to Larry Bird right. to speak out about, you know, the working class, Poor, right, right. Like even though he's from French Lake, Indiana, mm-hmm. and grew up working class poor, you would still never see white Americans expecting that. But with us, our athletes and our entertainers are the ones that we look to, and who have the microphone, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and, and I struggle with whether that's a chicken and egg situation because on one level it's like, well, it makes sense that they would speak because. They have the platform, they have the ears, they have the microphones, and other people do not. But then, you know, and this has obviously changed a little bit with social media because more people have platforms. You can sort of create your own platform. But there's still that sense, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's still the expectation of a LeBron or Mm Jay-Z or Diddy or somebody else like that to speak out, right? right? Um, And we're the only culture that does that. So you think that that's what ends up the popularity piece is what ends up pushing us to push our icons further into retirement or earlier into retirement. I think is that, and it's a, it's kind of a a combination of also like a think about family life, right? Like you mentioned earlier, you you went away to school, right? So in that activity while you were gone, did you ever feel like there were people in your family that kind of put the weight of the success of the family mm. on you because you went away to school? So. I did not, per- that's not personally my story. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna sit here and rap that story. I sold crack and had to get my moms out there. Right, right. Like, I'm not rapping that story, mm-hmm. but it is a very legitimate story. Mm-hmm. It is a story that I do know a number of people who I was not, but who were first generation college students mm-hmm. felt like, yo, my family has sacrificed everything, everything right. to get me to this point. Mm-hmm. And if I don't make good on that, then I'm blowing it for everybody else. And I think that's that that same ideology and way of thinking is what we put on our artists. Mm. They're in a space that y'all made it. Y'all made it, so don't blow it for for the rest of us. And so you think, but that, they never signed up for that. They never, yeah, they never signed right. up for that. Mm-hmm. And so you think that that's a there's a shelf life with that then? Yes, because after a certain a certain um, as you as you as you matriculate in your success, the further and further you get away from that. That, that public opinion, mm. it's like, now nah, it's time for you to go. You got to retire now. You because gotta, even if you do start talking about this go. stuff, you ain't going to be talking about my yeah, viewpoint. You, you, you're, you're too, too far you're gone. You're too far gone from right. me. Ah, I see. So now it's you time to retire. Right. You're, you're no longer here. Retire. Give somebody so else space. Wow. Yeah. 
Interesting. That up. brings me to our last quick uh, shortcut of the day. My question is, in today's day and age, where people have the ability to be like, I ain't doing that. I ain't code switching. I'm showing up how I show up. And you're going to you're going to you're going to eat that. You're going to take that whatever way whatever way I give it to you. And I'm not really I'm not trying to air anybody out. I'm just saying that there is a freedom, a space that exists for people to be authentic in a way that for us as a community did not exist before. Correct. Does that mean that we're losing icons? Like are we losing icons in our community. I mean, like, let's just say that we accept Beyonce as a current day icon. I think that that's more than fair. Do we have a list of of current day icons? Like, I mean, I think Regina King makes the list. I think Taraji makes the list. But like, is, is it, does that freedom of showing up authentically and just not having to be sort of as polished and as intentional, at least in the sense of how you appear, mm-hmm. your, 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 your political correctness, your respectability, and this is not a slight or a knock to any of the, any of the people I've named. Does that take away from the notion of like them being like icons that are representative of the culture? I don't think it takes away. I think I think um, how we define icons definitely has changed over time. Um, for me personally, an icon had to have a particular body of work, you know, where I seen the growth of their rookie season to their proverbial last season. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, where yeah. you can see how they got better or changed over time, or evolved, or evolved, yeah. right? So now, though, with everything being so instant, you can make an icon in a week now. You know, if, if you know, you get a controversial thing happens on Monday, sure. you get canceled by Wednesday, you pop back up Thursday, you hot again Friday. She won. All that happens he in won. a week, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, but that used to happen over six to seven years. Now it happens in one week. So if we gave a person 20 years ago icon status for how they stumbled and tripped a little bit and got back in line, and we say, oh, wow, we champion that person. Yeah. It's, it's only fair that we can do that now, but it's just happening a lot sooner and faster. All right, unscripted, lightning round. I'm, I'm going to throw some names at you, and I need to know icon or not. Cardi. No, Cardi F. Yeah, nigga, Cardi. Not an icon yet. Potential, oh, but potential. Not, an, not an icon yet. Megan. Stallion or good? Stallion. And good. Good, possibly. Because she has a, a body of work and a, an amount of time in the spotlight. That's what is it done? What is it supposed to do? What 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 memorable name? Three movies making it was in. Jumping the broom. Never saw it. <laughs> Pretty funny. Uh, I don't know. Making good movies. Well, then you on. can't call her icon, I, my guy. I can't give you three Cardi B songs neither. So then she doesn't qualify either. I haven't given you an icon yet. So keep going. Okay. All right. <laughs> fair, all right. Fair. Mm-hmm. Nikki Minaj. Yes. Rihanna. Definitely. Okay. Um, J. Cole. Possibly. Nipsey. Oh. Yeah. Nipsey. Yeah. Culturally, I did that on purpose. Culturally an icon. But, I did that on purpose. Yeah. But, you know, a, a controversial person, right? right. So depending on, on, on how you gauge things that you respect, 
based on lineage of, of work? Right. I would say icon. I think Nipsey is a cultural icon. I don't think that he's an icon within hip hop in the traditional sense. Fair. Right? Like, I think that, and don't get me wrong, I have rocked with Nipsey for a long time before Victory Lap or any other thing. Like, I'm talking about mixtape Nipsey when he was out the trunk, right? And so it's not like I'm unfamiliar with his music. I'm actually very familiar with his music and his catalog, but part of being an icon is not necessarily being just sort of dope. Like, he was unquestionably dope, but more so, what did you do with that? That's why, like, I mean, I'm not knocking Megan Good, mm -hmm. but I'm like, well, what did her, what did her art move? Where did, what did it move? Nipsey's impact and his imprint is a cultural one. And so that's why I tend to agree with you. He is unquestionably a cultural icon. In hip hop, I think he could have been. I think that as he was, you know, Victory Lap being his last major studio recorded album, definitely said that he was on the way. Definitely on the which way. Which is why I'm like, oh, we were robbed. But to your point, might have been, but wasn't there yet, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, we got to move on. We are going to our favorite segment with this guy heading up on smooth as cashmere where kurt gets a chance to really wax poetic about what he as a member of the contributor dream team wants to talk about so take it away kurt what are we talking about today being a plus size guy my entire life you know you this plus size yeah you know, remember back in the day it was husky husky like oh, husky. husky yeah i had a whole oh, section it was slim i was slim were yeah i was was it slim i think it was slim it was slim and it was like regular and it was husky that's where i was at you was a husky husky baby <laughs> husky baby the sit come all, on get some all, all girth <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But now, you know, uh, this everything being so tight and fitted nowadays, it's uh -huh. not sustainable anymore. I think loose clothing is going to kind of... Flowing. Very flowy, very, very uh, non-restricting. You know, we're going to get a lot of... Uh, which which in turn is going to create uh, a dynamic of a lot of shapes. So shapes is going to be the thing this this year. Think so? I think so, yeah. So is that is that, you know, the thing with the glasses? You, you have on some geometric sort of glasses. You, you're... you're Ahead of the game. I'm just putting it out there, letting you know I'm ready. You know, it's interesting. So the thing about fashion that I always find very fascinating is the intersection between form and function. Okay. And I think that we heard a lot of folks during the quarantine and the pandemic. Yeah, I put this pandemic weight on. I got to get to the gym. I got to get it off mm -hmm. of me. So and so forth. ain't doing. Nah. I ain't seen too many people really come out. Ain't no uptick in the gym activity? Yeah, like you said, it's not coming back down, Jack. <laughs> like you said, it's not coming it's back. Not. It went up. Staying up there. staying up. That's right. I mean, you know, I, I know some people mm -hmm. who really did get back into shape and made it happen. Shout out to them. And anybody who has fitness goals, who's working on their goals, I want you to achieve them. <laughs> but realistically speaking, right. you know, some people, I think, and, and the interesting thing about where we are if you think about the timing of the pandemic, I think that last fall, people still were in their mind telling themselves, I'm gonna be able to get back in that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna hold on to that because I'm gonna still be able to wear it. I just gotta tweak. And by this summer, they're like, nah. You know what? Dust yeah. rag. <laughs> Dust rag. Just let it go. Let it go. So the flowing of mm -hmm. it makes sense mm -hmm. because of like comfort and people adjusting. A lot of people, who may be adjusting to their like post-pandemic size. Yeah. I also know for women, you know, there are some standard rules around what looks good 
you know, from a styling yourself perspective versus, you know, for, for a body type. Okay. So if you're, if you're someone who is hippie, for example, you might want to avoid the horizontal stripes, right? Like if you, you know, or vertical stripes are going to elongate you in certain ways. And you, but what I'm asking you is as a guy who, you know, is self-identified plus size, husky, bigger, however you want to say it. What are your rules around like how you curate your, your look or your wardrobe in terms of what you stay away from, what you sort of gravitate to that you, what are your rules that you have found like work really well? Um, personally, the number one thing is fit. It has to fit, right? A lot of times we get caught up in a particular look, but it don't come in your size, mm. you know? So wear your size. Wh that's first. <laughs> no matter what you, <laughs> you know, whether you want to do horizontal or vertical, make sure it's in your size. Right. And then after that, it, it, it's more, it's more personal at, after that for me personally. Um, think about men's fashion within a, to totality, right? Say, you know, you, you do a lot of uh, uh, gentleman stuff where you would have to put a suit on, right? Mm -hmm. Your suit is no different from my suit when you think about it. The only thing that's gonna differentiate us when we walk through a room is size. Okay. If I try to put your suit on and walk <laughs> through the room, I'm not gonna look as good as you in that suit. But if I put my size on, we look the same. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, so, that's actually a really good point now that you say it. Like, you putting on me putting on a suit that fits me that's made for me is going to look a certain way correct you putting on a suit that fits you mm -hmm. and that's made for your body mm -hmm. is also going to look a certain way mm -hmm. so the only difference is going to be you know our body types but the actual suit itself if you're wearing your size and i'm wearing my size is going to fit very similarly, which is interesting. And we're going to look equally. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you know, I get it. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think a lot of people, men or women, understand that concept. It's not necessarily, you know, you, you have different types of minds, right? You have people out here who just run and just buy labels because they assume the label was going to make them look good. That's fair, right? But if <laughs> that Gucci in the wrong size still looks bad. Yeah, tell me about equally it. Equally as bad as H&M in the wrong size. It's yeah, the wrong, tell me about get it. Get your size and you look great. Own your look, though. Own your look. Own your look. She put that on a shirt. Thinking about it. We're going to transition now into our main topic of the day. Do you believe in the Negro? And this, you know, for all intents and purposes, this is likely going to be a reoccurring theme series conversation on the Charles Coleman podcast because it's just so layered and complex. Correct. The idea of community is, in some respects, overused. And in other respects, I, it may not be overused, but the concept is something that is undervalued in as much as people talk about it, but they don't really live it. Right. From your perspective, from where you sit, right, you are someone who at different points has been about the business of entrepreneurship, you know, economic opportunity in our community, financial literacy, um, also clearly invested in the development of young people from a self-esteem standpoint around grooming and appearance. So you dabble in a number of different elements of togetherness, right? Like of, 
of unity and of, of, of galvanizing in that space. What do you see? Because Dr. Claude Anderson, um, the author of Powernomics and a number of other books, lays out a number of different rules for community, like what it is, to, what, what takes a community. And before I you know, go into all of that, uh, in fact, I'll just encourage anybody who hasn't read it to read it. It's a wonderful book. He talks a lot about what the rules are to building a community. I want to hear from you. What do you see as, you know, given the different things that you're involved in, what do you see as the most critical elements of community building? And how do we effectively engage those things? Or what can we do more to better engage them? Because to me, it's our belief in the Negro. And I'll explain what I mean by that. But I want to hear from you first. I think um, building up identity has mm. been on the top of my list. I think um, kind of the mind, I, w I was raised under the, if you knew better, you'll do better kind of a mindset mm -hmm. growing up. Um, so any information that I've seen or acquired that's helped me in any kind of way, I've never shied away of spreading it and sharing it, hoping that someone else can share the same experience I've, I've mm -hmm. had. Um, but I think we have to groom people into their self-identity first. And I think that's the, that, that gives them the motive, the motivation to go out here and build a community. Now, once we, once we kind of start, I think then we can define what that should look like or could look like or shouldn't look like, you know, but we have to kind of start the engine a little bit. That conversation about identity is a tricky one because, you know, we, we've, talked about the idea of there's assumed identity, mm -hmm. which is not necessarily authentic. It's just something that you decided to adopt. Then there is embraced identity, which is something that you authentically connect with and identify with and sort of like really accept. This is who I am and I'm gonna stand in this proudly and firmly. And then there's identity that's forced upon you, mm -hmm. which we see very much so in terms of Black America, sure. foundational Black America. This is what y'all are. This is what y'all do. This is what y'all are about. Given what we're uniquely positioned, Black Americans, that is, how do you engage that conversation when you're talking about the first thing is identity and understanding who you are and so on and so forth? That's a real challenge. Sure. Because, you, because in some ways, if you don't at least identify who the people are who are supposed to convey this, it's not clear in as much as you have the blind leading the blind. Because if that, that sense of identity, that sense of self, it's not like it just pops up one day and it's just there. It has to come from somewhere. Mm -hmm. So if you are in a space where none of the people who are around you are aware of it or see it or embrace it, where are you supposed to get that from? Like, like you and I might have it, mm -hmm. right? But then if you, how do you access that? Or how do you expect people to access that when everyone around them doesn't have any more of a sense of identity of self than someone, you know, who's younger, who was a child? I don't know. I really don't know. When you, when you put it that way, it makes it harder to answer. I would like to believe that if there's an appetite for anything, you know, you you sort out what you're hungry for, mm -hmm. right? So we can be standing in a pizza shop, you know, surrounded by all these different options of pizza, 
But if I want steak, it doesn't matter that we're in the pizza shop. You get what I'm trying to say? I get it. Eventually, once we get out of here, I'm going to go seek a steak. But if I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. Well, that's true, too. But we're not. We, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying, no, are no, we no, hungry? I, 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 <laughs> I actually was joking. But yeah. No, I get it. I think for me, when I talk about the belief in the Negro, mm -hmm. community requires a certain degree of boundary. And for us, it's a... I, I see it as, in some ways, physical boundaries. I mean, that's a different conversation um, in terms of being able to police ourselves. Uh, boundaries take many forms. One example of boundaries, I think, are rules. Okay. Right? Like, I think part of, and, and Dr. Anderson talks about this, one of the tenets of community is you have a an agreed set of rules that you decide are going to govern your space, your community. Like, look, we are respecting our elders. We're taking care of our elders. Look, we believe that as a as a as a collective, discipline of our young people is everyone's job, right? Like, I mean, just whatever your rules are, right? Mm -hmm. Like those boundaries. Another tenet of community building clearly is an independently functioning economic system. Okay. And for me, that's where the notion of believing in the Negro becomes paramount. Because I feel like anytime I talk about community building and what it looks like, I get so many more people who are telling me why it wouldn't work, mm. why we would never do that. Oh, they'll never do that. We'll never do that because we can't, so on and so forth. It's met with a bunch of pushback in ways that I just feel like maybe you not with it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> maybe you would not decide to like actively go and seek. I need a black dentist. I need a black banker. I need a black tailor. I need a black butcher. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe you not with that. But part of it, I feel like, is a lack of belief. I was, I was, I was you know, I'm working on, I'm constantly writing. I'm working on a book. And in my book, I have a, a chapter called, Do You Believe in the Negro? Mm -hmm. And as part of it, I look through hip hop because that's a big theme of the book, hip hop and sort of its impact on my life. And I did some research about the number of lyrics that talk about, from hip hop artists, mm. that talk about having a Jewish lawyer. I, I can't tell you, like Fab talked about it, Jay talked about it, I, Jada talked about it. I got a Jewish lawyer that to eat the case. Mm -hmm. Like for me as a black attorney, I was offended. And I know that a number of other black attorneys were highly offended. Like literally off the top of my head, I was able to identify, well, off the top of Google's head, mm -hmm. I was able to identify 35 different lyrics in contemporary hip hop artists that were sort of like, Oh, I have a Jewish lawyer. That is not a belief in the Negro. That is not how you build community. Mm -hmm. So all the other shit people talking about, about, oh, well, you know, we got to da, 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 da. When you are putting professional people on a pedestal, like I got a Jewish account, so he messed with the O's. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like when you put the people who are essential for providing you foundational services, but don't belong to your community on a pedestal. That message that you send to everybody else 
It's like, yo, these people are not worthy. That is not a belief in the Negro. And it is a serious disruption to community building for me. Right. And, you know, we talk about buy black, spend your money black, so on and so forth. But we also don't talk about the fact that, and you, you, you can probably speak this experience more than I can, the idea of like, number one, everybody wants a discount. <laughs> they wanted for they wanted for cheaper, right? Like if that if, if buying black should mean like building community, believing in the Negro should mean like not only am I going to pay you for this, I'm not looking for a hookup. I'm going to pay you what you asked me for, right? Because I don't go nowhere, nowhere else, nowhere. I don't go to Burberry and be like, yeah, uh, so them loafers. Them driving loafers. That been here six months. That been here, you know, they yeah, they ain't moved. Let me get them for nah. eight. You said eight hundred. I get two forty. Word. We do we don't do that to anybody else but ourselves. The audacity. <laughs> yes. I don't want to bash out people. <laughs> it's not bashing out people. It's telling the truth though. I think we again. It's 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 a it's a lack of respect. You know, when when I see you representing a particular brand, I identify you with the. With the jukes move, you know? Hey, Charles, you come on now. You know, <laughs> 500, come on, baby. You know what I'm saying? Immediately. Immediately. Mm. I don't get a backstory of why you chose the $500 price point. None of that. If I see it's you and yours, in my mind, I say you a 240 kind of dude. Mm. I'm willing to go up to 220. Wow. So you think that that is a function of programming where we don't necessarily even value ourselves. Correct. You don't believe in the Negro. You do not. And it's a lot harder to try to force that on someone without teaching them how to even identify the Negro and building the respect for the Negro. So where do you start? I mean, you know, <laughs> let's, let's, no, no, I, you know, I, I get it. Mm -hmm. I, I, what, what would you say is if you, if you had to, cause this is obviously a, a larger conversation and we can't be on this podcast all the time. We just ain't got that kind of bread in right. this network. Uh, where, what would be the what would be the one thing that you would want people to think about with community building? The one thing? The first thing, anything. Like it don't have to be the most important thing, but like just I said, something uh, simple. Identity. It has it has to start there. You have to be able to say, "Hey, I am a Negro, and I'm worth the effort that I put out to society." So what? Here's what I'll do. You know, to to end this portion of this conversation and this dialogue. A lot of people might sort of shudder at the use of the word Negro, but when I use it, I'm using it very intentionally because I'm referring to a period in time. Mm -hmm. Negro came as an evolution from post-slavery, mm -hmm. post-reconstruction, but pre-Jim Crow, right? So Negro, and I mean, it was used after it was it was used after Jim Crow as well. But like, Negro was actually a, like a respectable term because we know the e, the hard er. Yeah, it was different. The hard er was different, mm -hmm. and that was used because these Negroes had gotten a little too sedity. These Negroes were going to school. These Negroes were starting businesses. These Negroes were running communities, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why I use the term. Do you believe in the Negro? Because I'm referring very poignantly and very directly to a specific period of time where we clearly had demonstrated the potential for self-sustaining communities mm -hmm. on our own in such a way that it was even a threat. 
Well, when you so, say on our own, but those, if we're talking period piece, right? Correct. During that time, that's during segregation. The, uh, you're still on our own, though. Well, is it really? It ain't with, it's not with because the assistance of, or support of other entities. Well, I couldn't go nowhere else, so I had to buy black. Is that a bad thing? No. It's, it's proven that it hasn't been. But think about society today. You're removing option. It's like, wow. So, you, so, you're, so you're, <laughs> you you're, you're thinking like, it's up, meaning once the option is out there, it's done. It's done. You think it's, it's, it's not going back? We have to, again. Curl, we, you got to believe in a Negro, baby. I do believe in a Negro, but the evolved Negro. What does that look like? I hope it looks like segregated Negro, <laughs> to be honest with you. Mm. But it will be it will be different. It's a choice now. There's nothing wrong with saying. You want some Malcolm X shit? I'm not, brother. I'm just saying. I'm not, like, listen, I'm 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 really not mad. And I think mm -hmm. that all jokes aside, I think that any person who would not and and because here's the thing, I started the conversation off by identifying the importance of boundaries. Gotcha. Right, like segregation is a hard boundary. <laughs> It's a really hard boundary, mm -hmm. but it's a boundary, mm -hmm. right? So anyone who can conceptualize in today's space that there was no value in what community did or where how community flourished when we were only left to fend for ourselves amongst ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, I would have some serious like intellectual qualms with. It doesn't mean that you have to go as far as to say like, I believe in segregation. I think that that, for many people, is too much of a jump. And I understand why it's too much of a jump. But I also think that, again, there is a need for the notion of boundaries in terms of our culture, in terms of our spaces, because we have been duped into believing that, like, well, if y'all want to be over here, then you got to let us be able to come to the porch, sign out your culture, and bring it back in whatever condition that we want. Right, whenever right. we want. Whenever we want, mm -hmm. right? And that is sort of the, that's the trick bag. In such a way where we feel like, oh, now we have opportunity. So instead of when I get some bread trying to buy my block and keep it from gentrifying, I want to move out. I want to go somewhere else. I wanna, mm -hmm. That's not how you build community. In fact, that's how you disrupt community. That's how you unravel community. So even though the word segregation, of course, because of its, its historic connotations, carries with it a, a really, really sordid history mm -hmm. of denial. Let's 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 maybe transition that word in this conversation. In this conversation, to boundaries. Fair boundaries. Like mm -hmm. we gotta have some. I talk about boundaries all the time. Mm -hmm. Your non-negotiables. What are your non-negotiables? Mm -hmm. That's a boundary. That's a very strong boundary. It's a strong boundary, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. a community building will not exist if we do not have boundaries because how else are you going to actually define the community? Mm -hmm. So for me, I want you to think about, you know, for our listeners who are engaged in this conversation, I want you to think about, you know, do you truly believe in the Negro to the extent that you are willing to support those businesses even as they may be inconvenient and, and in the interest of helping to build an independent economic structure? Mm -hmm. And number two, what are our boundaries as a community? Where do you think our boundaries are? Where do you think they should be? I think that's what listeners from this part of the conversation should take away and think about as we move forward. All right, what up? Welcome back to another episode of Rules of Engagement. This is our favorite conversation, the favorite part of the Charles Coleman podcast. We got shortcuts, we got contributor segments, we got 
main conversations, but everybody loves rules of engagement. This is our conversation about love, sex, and relationships. I got two of my dream team members on with me. Before we get started, do yourself a favor. Make sure you have liked, subscribed, shared, streamed the Charles Coleman podcast. This is your new favorite podcast, the new home for black brilliance, where everywhere podcasts are heard. You can find us on YouTube and everywhere else. Tell a friend to tell a friend. But today I am privileged to have continuing with the triangle offense. Two of my favorite dream team is with me, my dream team of contributors. To my left, I got my man, Cashmere Kurt. Underrated, but never understated. Mm-hmm. My man, how you doing, brother? I'm well, yourself. I'm good, brother. And then, of course, I've got to my right, the professional winner. You know her, you love her, the boss at 593 Washington, the leader of the Blue Notes. Gloria yeah. Sherubin in the building. How you feeling? I'm feeling real good. How are I, you? I see you out here in this 10th anniversary. You know gym. we got to give it up. You know I'm not saying? mad at that. It's a decade. I'm not mad at that. 10 years of Blue Smoke. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Today on Rules of Engagement, we are going to talk about um, mixed messaging. Mm. Because I see a lot of that get caught in relationships. Mixed messages. Like, Kurt, one time you and I were talking, you said, well, you know, we got to be adults about these very adult situations that we in. That's a fact. And I've been in spaces where, like, as a guy, I have been told that you could try to do something that you're treating a woman, there are a lot of times where, as a man, you're treating a woman with dignity in class. Right. But I've heard and been told and learned that you can make a woman feel too special. Like, if y'all are just smashing, mm-hmm. like, you can't hold hands. Like, cause that's in the, apparently that sends a mixed message. Like, you start holding hands, now all of a sudden, yo, this man may want me to be his girl. Nah, I just, I was just, we walking down the street, I just held your hand. Like, we went to Grace Papaya, and you know, and now it's a mixed message. Mm-hmm. So I want to hear from both of you guys, Kurt and from G. Like, what are the things that you don't do? Like, what's on the no fly zone list? of stuff you can't do if you don't want to send the message of like being in a relationship. Being in a relationship with someone that can get the message mixed up. Mm. So you saying like from jump. You just got to be honest. No, 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 but but sometimes you are. Right. But if you know. And that goes both ways. In your honesty, they have to be honest. About so, their ability yeah, to handle don't, it. Don't hold my hand until I'm your girl. Your hand will never be held. That's real. I mean, but sometimes mixed messages is exactly that. It's mixed messages. You might think, I'm caring more than than you are expecting me to. Like it's okay. Just, I'm just Cold checking in. Okay. I'm just saying, oh, I'm, I might just be checking in genuinely on some just checking, and you're reading more into it. You know what I'm saying? Has like, that happened? That definitely has happened. You know, to the point where you're just like, all right, I'm not checking in anymore because you're starting to think that that means that I'm really checking for you, but I really just wanted. So what you want to so what, so what you well-being. want us to know is that your pimping is that strong. I'm just saying there are pimping that requires some withdrawing. Oh, so you got to sprinkle too much or you got to take it back? You got to pull it back because it's, it's, it's the, it, you know, the expectation is more than you are willing to give, but they misunderstood my check-in. I, I appreciate that because, you know, it's an honest thing. But I want to go back to what Kurt said because mm-hmm. that's really mind-blowing. Have you ever had that? Because in all my time, mm-hmm. right, I've never had a woman say, don't do that, like on the front end, right? Like, mm-hmm. don't hold my hand unless I'm your girl. Mm. Like, they take it and then be like, and I, I think that there's a, level, there's a level of manipulation there. Like, as opposed to being like- Whole manipulation? Yeah. I mean, seriously, like, because think about it. 
if you're going to make an interpretation or an assumption about what something means, mm-hmm. why not be clear about it? Like, if you're not trying to manipulate the situation, why not just say, like Kurt said, yo, you know what? I don't really think we should do this unless this, this is, is the space. Correct. Correct. I mean, I get that, right? However, I feel like I've never had it's not manipulating. Now. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's bred a certain kind of a way. You know what I'm saying? How she feeling is how she feeling. If you holding my hand and we walking down the street and that's got me feeling some kind of way, like we really booed up and this is more than what it really is and then you on your smash agenda, I'm just, that's just how I'm feeling. Like, why are you mad But the may- fact that me and you holding hands gives me that impression? But if, no, 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 no. I'm not mad about the fact that it, I'm mad about the fact that it gave you that impression and rather than just be clear about it, you chose to what sort I'm of trying like to say is not say nothing it's a and subtle, make an assumption. No, nah, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that usually that kind of behavior, it's a subtle impression on her. It's not a manipulation. You know what I'm saying? I, I just don't like your choice of words. You know what I, I think, mean? I think, but so here's the thing. I think that at certain points, right? <laughs> when you, <laughs> what, 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 what? <laughs> nothing. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> the choice of words is crazy. Like <laughs> You think manipulation is too strong? No, I think manipulation is the right word. Yeah, I mean, how is it manipulating? Be, because you are entering into it. You are choosing not to be direct. Like you know that you're interpreting it in a particular way, right? Now he may or may not have meant it that way, but rather than get clarity, you just like I'm gonna just let it rock. I'm gonna let him hold my hand. I'm gonna let him do these things because I know that's the impression it's giving me. And at the same time, your expectations are building right, right. on that man. And that's like, without any conversation, eh, it's a little manipulative. No, it's not manipulative. You oh, have to, you and yourself need to understand. Go ahead, let her, let her know. At the end of the day, Glow. you're gonna be dealing with a spectrum of women. And it's on, it's incumbent, the burden's on you. Why? Why is it on me? Because I'm not you're the one assumption. that's in the bag. About, I'm, I'm not the one making the assumption, I'm not, she is. I'm just saying, but at the end of the day, you gotta understand that there's certain, if you don't, at this stage, if you don't understand that there's certain behavior that's gonna, if you DMing me, if you texting me every morning, good morning, you hit me every afternoon, Good afternoon. You know what I'm saying? You checking in before you go to bed every night. We in a relationship. No, bro. we're not. It's a whole relationship. No, we're we not. are committed. We almost wow. married. That's three see? points a day. This is bro. exactly seven this days is, a week. Now you done manipulated me. Into you now you done manip- Now you done manipulated me. I'm like, wait, hold Word. on. I, what, what, I woke up. Vagina I, guilt now. Right, no. right. There you go. No, stop it's, it. Please explain that, that explain that to the people. Explain that to the people. Yeah, please. come on, cut it out, man. You know, I'm, you're, we're supposed to be decent human beings. Right? <laughs> so if if I, you know, I want to see if you're all right for the day. Hey, what's going on? Hope you have an outstanding day. Every day. There's nothing wrong with that though. Yeah. And that, and that it translates exactly, into relationships to us. That but you, you mad. Make, you see what happens when we try to tell y'all what y'all behavior do? You don't want to believe it and then you get denying. But you want us to be mad because we feel like we cool but, and in a very intimate why space because you're holding you, my hand. But why would it hurt you? Because the same way that you said, <laughs> yo, intimately, I could just be checking in and he's taking it more than what it is. It's the same thing. Yeah. So what? <laughs> so why is it that is beyond you to just say, like, listen, you know, you don't gotta really check in on me every day like that unless this is where you're trying to go. Mm. What's wrong with that? It's so simple, you know it's so direct. That? Why? It's that. too logical for y'all? Yep. No, what? You can't handle it. Now you in your bag. All now you went from checking in to this to ghosting me now because I heard your 
For sounds like you can't handle it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it sounds like okay. you are upset right. that he's going to stop texting if you say that. That's what it sounds All like. Right. Mm. All right, listen, I'm just trying to explain to you what it is. If you don't want to believe me, don't take my <laughs> advice. But it's I'm not that I don't want to believe right you. Now, the response usually isn't a slight moderation of the three times a day text. It's a disappearance because now... If he's not your man, then why does it matter? Yeah. And let me talk to your girlfriend <laughs> since you got a problem with these morning texts. Facts, because she might be eyeing She loves it. She loves it. That's the one who told me to do it. <laughs> she, we thought you would like it. Because we know. <laughs> we, we thought you would like that. The collective. Exactly. Yeah, Top behavior that you're not doing if you don't want to send that message. Kissing in the mouth. Wow. Yeah. It's not going down. Not going to kiss in the mouth. Nah, she, that, that's too intimate. That's too intimate. Yeah. Will you hold a hand? Where? <laughs> In public? In, in her hand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, like, yeah, in public. Yeah, I'll do that. You'll do that, but yeah. you won't kiss in the mouth. Nah. On the lips, but no tongue? None of that. So no kissing. None of that. Mm. Unless unless that's that's me. You pounding them? That gotta be me. You, you, you taking it mouth, down? Mouth on mouth, you just, it is what it is. I mean everyone gets mouth taken on down. mouth, just no tongue. Everybody gets taken tongue down. Tongue is intimacy. When you get in whole tongue, it's intimacy. Top top behavior. No go. No go. Top behavior. I'm saying no tongue. No tongue is no, that's tongue, that's it. Tongue is intimacy. We in it. You you hit me with the whole swath. We we together. <laughs> that's it. Wow. You go to better. You, you go together real bad. We 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 in it. It's together. A morning text Us and tongue. Ever. Yeah, we're married. <laughs> <laughs> so it's over. That's it. Exclusive. Yeah, keep wow. it simple. <laughs> it a peck a peck on the lips. I could deal with that. That's you not with crazy. That? But when you putting that tongue down. Me together. Uh, uh, you learn something new every day, and that's why you come <laughs> to the Charles Coleman Podcast. That's going to do it for Rules of Engagement, our conversation on love, sex, and relationships. I hope that you enjoyed yourself for another episode of your new favorite podcast, the Charles Coleman Podcast. This is the new home of Black Brilliance. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. And until next week, we'll see you soon. Peace. Peace.